For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I think we can all agree it's been a difficult season to be a U.S. men's national team fan, but as the European season slowly comes to a close and we look forward to a summer of a ton of international soccer, the U.S. men's national team fans got some news that we've been waiting on for a long time. Valerian Balogun, legitimately one of the better young prospects, better young striker prospects in all of world soccer, has committed to play his international soccer for the U.S. men's national team moving forward. This solidifies what may be these weakest position group and all of the U.S. men's national team. It gives us a striker who at 21 years old seems to have the world at his fingertips and a big career ahead of him, but not just a prospect, a player that right now, right in this moment, can step on the field for the U.S. men's national team and solidify a position group that's been a weakness since since prime Josie Altidore, which is, I mean, it's been damn near a decade since the U.S. men's national team has really been comfortable with the striker that we've been able to put out on the field. It is truly a, a new era for the U.S. men's national team. Today, we are going to talk about Fuller and Balogun, the player that he is, what his impact will be immediately on the U.S. men's national team, what this means for the rest of the striker pool as a whole, what this means for the rest of the team, how we can play moving forward, and maybe most importantly, what this means for the U.S. men's national team as we look towards 2026, the 2026 World Cup, which will be hosted in North America. All that and more on this episode of the Yank Report. What's up? My name is Sam. This is the Yank Report, a show all about American soccer. If you're into that, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. It is a good time to be a U.S. men's national team fan. Let's talk about Flo Balogun and who this guy is and what he's going to do to the U.S. men's national team after a word from this week's sponsor. BetOnline is your number one source for all your basketball news, stats, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest match reports for this year's NBA playoffs. BetOnline is your sports intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs from basketball, Major League Baseball, NHL, hockey, golf to UFC and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right now from your home. Get into the action today, so head over to our website and use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Valerian Balogun is a 21-year-old striker from London, England, who came up in the Arsenal Academy. He is still an Arsenal player, although he is on loan to Reims. Uh, Flo had a, a number of different countries that he could have represented internationally because of um, his, his multi-nationality heritage. Uh, the leading candidate was thought to be England. It seemed like he was a part of the England U21 squad and really wanted to be a part of the England senior team, but just was not getting those opportunities. 
England has a long history of not selecting players who are not actively playing in the Premier League. Uh, we've seen that again and again, and I think Flo saw the writing on the wall there and just decided to join up with the U.S. men's national team, which is good news for all of us. Flo has had a breakout season this year in Ligue 1 for Reims. He has currently he has 19 goals on the season, which makes him the fifth leading goal scorer in the league. He's behind players like Kylian Mbappe and Canada's Jonathan David, uh, but he is... He scored enough goals to make himself a player that uh, many clubs around the world are looking at as, as a potential option at striker. He's even had the brass at Arsenal kind of take stock and try to decide like what is going to become of his future. Um, he's one of those players that is sort of that tweener where Arsenal is trying to decide, is he good enough for the Arsenal first team or do we want to send him out on loan again? Do we want to sell him outright? What do we want to do with this player? He's that kind of prospect in this moment. So what is Faler Balogun going to do for the U.S. men's national team? Well, I think the first thing, the first impact that he's going to make is his ability to uh, create goal scoring chances for the U.S. men's national team. I think that was a massive struggle for the U.S. throughout World Cup qualifying during the World Cup and beyond. It, it felt like every time that the U.S. scored a goal, it was like pulling teeth, man. I mean, things had to just fall into place. Every pass had to be made perfectly. We had to have these well-orchestrated movements. We had to have these great crosses on goal, whatever. What we rarely saw from the U.S. men's national team was a striker just making a play, just, just scoring a goal kind of on their own against the run of play. I mean, that's something that we saw often when uh, Clint Dempsey was at the helm for the U.S. men's national team, when, when goal scorers like Landon Donovan were around. Shoot, even wherever you watch soccer just on the weekends, I mean, how often does it does a goal just kind of happen? Does, it, does things just kind of fall into place where it, it almost feels like the sport is easy? That's not something that we saw from the U.S. during World Cup qualifying. It was really difficult to score goals and really difficult to get goal scoring chances uh, for that matter. And I think that is one of the more underrated parts of being a great goal scorer. We all know about the finishing. We know about the speed, the strength, the technical ability, the agility, the acrobatics, all those physical traits um, and really mental traits that go into being a striker. But what we don't think about is having the ability to put yourself in a position to receive the ball, reading the play ahead of time and making that run at the right moment, um, drifting away from the defense and being in a position where you can receive the ball, but the defense isn't expecting you. I, I think whenever you watch great goal scorers, whenever you watch players like Ronaldo and Messi and, and, and so, you know Mar uh, Lewandowski, some of the great goal scorers of our era, you see them so often being in unguarded positions uh, just being places where the defense isn't expecting them, getting these easy goals, cleaning up in these positions where it seems like, how did that guy get so open in that position? And so much of that comes to reading the game, putting yourself in those correct positions, uh, beating the defender to the spot, um, all those little things that we just were not, frankly, we're not getting from the striker position with the players that we have at those positions currently, which was making it even more difficult, putting even more pressure on our offense to create goal-scoring opportunities for these guys to finish off. Um, and it's just something that was not a strength of the players that we had uh, throughout World Cup qualifying. I think Falaire Balogun changes that in a lot of ways. I think he has the physical traits that's going to allow him to running behind and beat defenders on breakaways. We've seen that many times from him in France. Um, he has the physical capabilities that once he does get in behind, he can hold defenders off. He can beat defenders to the near post. He can beat defenders to the back post. Um, he has the physical tools to 
go up and win balls in the air. Uh, but you also see him have an all-around striker ability, an all-around attacker ability. He's very much a player of the modern era where you can see him drift out to the wings or kind of fall back um, into a false nine position and, and receive the ball and, and make good quality soccer plays with him. I think he's more comfortable on the wing um, at, at putting in crosses and running at defenders. I, I don't think that we have many strikers in the pool that are very comfortable running at defenders with the ball. Falaire and Balogun can do that in, in a big way. So you, you've got a massive offensive asset that's coming into the squad. Whenever you look at the goals that he's scoring in France right now this season, you see him arriving in the box. Um, you see him running in behind. You see him running in behind a lot. He's an incredibly quick player, and he's incredibly good at judging when's the right time to make that moment. It's something that we haven't seen much at all from U.S. men's national team strikers. I think Ricardo Pepe in that last window had a nice run in behind. But I think if you think about um, just World Cup qualifying and just the last four years of the U.S. men's national team, it's not something that we've seen a lot. A player stretching the defense from the striker position. Um, Fuller and Balogun gives us that ability, which I think is going to create more space for those wingers um, who were previously tasked with stretching the defense by running in behind. It's going to take a lot of stress off of those players, give more space to, uh, if we continue playing with a central attacking midfielder like Gio Reyna in the middle, just give that player more space to operate. Um, he can also take players on whenever he drifts out wide, um, which is going to create more positional flexibility, more movement. That's not something that we've seen a lot uh, from the current U.S. men's national team striker pool. Um, you're not seeing guys like Ricardo Pepe, Josh Sargent, Jesus Ferrer, Jordan Pifak kind of drift out wide and become wide attacking players, letting other players shift into the middle. Um, they're just not super comfortable with that. Uh, they're not great at that once we get to a certain um, international level. Falaren Balogun can absolutely do that. Um, his movement in the box is really impressive. Uh, he can create space in, in areas where you don't feel like there's a lot of space to be had. His he, He's an acrobatic player. You see him had, um, having numerous volleys. Uh, there was one incredible goal that I saw from earlier this season where he received a ball over his shoulder um, and, and was able to volley it into the back of the net while on, on a dead sprint beating a defender. I, there's just not many players in the pool that can pull a move like that off. I think I've seen Gio Reyna do that, but I think he's the only one. Having another player with that kind of technical um, quality on the field is going to be incredible for the U.S. men's national team. And I think the last thing that I think is a really interesting thing to talk about um, is penalty taking. I think if you look at the current U.S. men's national team setup, uh, Christian Pulisic has been taking the majority of our penalties. And while he's been pretty damn good at it and has come up huge in some big moments for us, it's not something he does regularly for his club. I mean, at the moment, he's not even playing regularly for his club. So to have another player in the group who is comfortable taking penalties, um, I, I think is a really good thing for the U.S. men's national team moving. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Forward. I think if you look at his player characteristics, what you'll see is that it feels like he's a combination of a lot of different uh, strikers that we currently have. It feels like there's we have strikers that are strong, can play hold up play, 
but can't necessarily get him behind, aren't great at creating space. We have players that are good at being a playmaker, receiving the ball, finding passes, uh, but aren't necessarily the strongest on the ball, um, aren't necessarily the greatest in the box. You know, we have players that can do this, but can't do that, can do this, but can't do that. It feels like Flo has a good combination of all these things. He can cover multiple positions and kind of flow out wherever in the attack. Um, he's got really good speed to get in behind and has scored a lot of goals using that. Um, he has the power, the physical tools to hold players off. Once he gets in behind, he's, he's not going to get pushed around easily. Um, and his positioning, I think, is really good. Um, his ability to kind of flow into that area uh, in order to receive the ball and become an attacking threat, I, I think it's just better than anybody that we have currently right now. And, and this is a good thing because I think it improves what was our worst position group uh, for a long time for the U.S. men's national team. Um, I, I think we've been... You know, we fall in love with some of these strikers, some of these guys that we have right now. We fall in love with their potential. Uh, we fall in love with their personalities. But I think as far as what they can actually do on the field, um, it, it just a lot of them came up short and, and just weren't carrying the amount of weight that some of the other players were um, in the attack. And I think a player like Falaren Balogun just completely shifts that. I, I think all of a sudden, one of our worst attacking or one of our worst player groups is now one of our stronger player groups. And, and it does really interesting things for the other players in that group. I mean, uh, before this day, if you would have asked me who are our top players on the stri striker depth chart, I would have said, I think the top two right now are Pepe and Sargent. I'm not sure who's one. I'm not sure who's two, but I think those are the top two. Um, and if you consider... Uh, that Ricardo Pepe's in a situation where he's likely going to be moving at the end of this year. Uh, his club, Groningen, just got relegated. Um, his parent club, Osberg, we're not sure what they want to do with Pepe at the moment. He seems to be in discussions with some clubs at the top end of the Eredivisie table over uh, in the Dutch league. Uh, but I, I think this move for Balogun really changes things for Pepe as far as his position with the U.S. men's national team. We know that Pepe missed the World Cup. We know that he probably is not too thrilled about that. And he he understands that, you know, nothing is given in this soccer world that you've got to go out there and you've got to earn it on the field. Uh, what does this mean for his future, what, his club selection, um, his, the way that he approaches things now that um, his future as the striker for the U.S. men's national team is, is in doubt. And um, at best, he's probably playing for a uh, second striker at the moment. Um, same can be said for uh, Josh Sargent, who's, I mean, I, I don't know. Has he improved a bit since he moved to Norwich? Has he improved a bit since he um, or since he first arrived at Werder Bremen? Probably. Uh, but he certainly hasn't reached the heights that a lot of us hoped for whenever he came out. Um, as one of the best U.S. striker prospects ever. Um, I, I don't know how high his ceiling is at the moment. It feels like he's just more or less going to be this guy that he is right now for, for a number of years, which is fine as a, as a floor for the U.S. men's national team striker. But I don't think that he's going to be reaching the heights of Balogun anytime soon. Um, then there's this whole um, other list of players I mean, you got PFOC, you got Haji Wright, you got Ferreira, you got uh, Brandon Vasquez. I, I think the the opportunities for those guys is going to be um, it's going to be more and more difficult to come by outside of these windows that are like MLS specific um, for guys like Brandon Vasquez and Jesus Ferreira. Um, Jesus Ferreira has been in the news recently, uh, potentially linked to to big club moves to Europe. Um, there's there's rumors that have floated about Ferreira and Vasquez both. Uh, from time to time, I, I don't know what exactly is going on with those players, but I think if 
international futures is a big thing for them. If they really want to be a part of the U.S. men's national team moving forward, they really are going to have to make moves in order to solidify positions within the U.S. men's national team because, uh, frankly, it's going to be really difficult to uh, make the team at this point as a standout in MLS whenever you've got someone like Flo Balogun occupying one of the spots um, and some other guys in Europe vying for those positions. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying it's going to be very difficult. Um, so that might you know, put a little bit more stress um, in, in the minds of some of these strikers um, that are considering um, moves in this international window uh, for the future for the national team. And that, that's something that I think is really good. That's something that we've needed for a long time because the striker position has stagnated for so long and nobody's taken hold of it. It's allowed for some of these guys to uh, maybe be a little bit complacent. You know, not all of them have been. Some of them have made big moves, but others have have not necessarily done that. And it's been such that um, you don't necessarily have to be playing at the highest level to be uh, called into the U.S. men's national team and even start for the U.S. men's national team just because nobody's really seized the position up to this moment. Um, I think with Flo Balligan in place, it it makes it so much tougher to make this team at, at the striker position. Um, so I, I, I'm curious to see what impact that's going to have on the rest of the guys in the pool. It's also worth talking about how the U.S. is actually going to function as a team uh, structurally, tactically, moving forward. Um, throughout the Greg Berhalter era, the U.S. primarily went out in a 4-3-3. Um, and, and of course, we had the MMA midfield that was really good at pressing the opposition, at being athletic, dominating the field, turning the ball over, applying just a, a, a clamp to that midfield and just being uh, just absolute nuisance to play through but at the same time was not the most creative in the attack, um, just was not the greatest in transition. And, and because of that, we didn't see a lot of offensive opportunities when those guys were on the field. Um, since since the World Cup, since the uh, Hudson era has begun, it's been more of a 4-2-3-1. Uh, it seems like that's the way that Anthony Hudson wants to progress. There's questions about what is the best version of the U.S. men's national team right now. Right now, it's probably still the MMA midfield. Um, but I, I think what has happened with the emergence or, or with with the uh, arrival of Falaren Balogun is that the U.S. can play more defensive. We can play with that MMA midfield. Uh, we can play without that attacking midfielder and probably get a lot more chances and be a lot more dynamic in the attack with Falaren Balogun on the field relative to some of our other striker options that we had throughout World Cup qualifying. Um, his ability with the ball, his ability to stretch defenses, his ability to create attacks largely on his own is just going to change the way that the U.S. is going to be able to approach things. And it's going to make it more flexible as far as how we deploy our midfield, how many attackers that we actually have versus how many midfielders that we actually have. Do we do we actually need Gio Reyna in that 10 spot to create offense or can we play another midfielder, be a little bit more stable in the defense and allow Falaire and Balogun to, um, to subsidize the attack with, with his ability? Um, I, I don't know the answer to that question, but I think it just gives options to the U.S. men's national team that we might not necessarily have had without Falaire and Balogun on the squad. Now, I think the final piece to this puzzle is that now that Balogun has committed to the U.S. men's national team, what does this mean for the U.S. men's national team heading into World Cup 2026? Does it does it change our goals? Does it does it make us better? Well, I, I think the U.S. certainly is going to be better with with Balogun on the field as opposed to some of our other options at the striker position. But as far as our goals, 
I, I think our goal has always been to uh, become a quarterfinal team, to become one of the top eight teams in the world. But I don't think that the inclusion of Balogun changes that in any way. I think we were a round of 16 team before Balogun, and we're still a round of 16 team with Balogun. Um, I, I think if you look at the rosters of those top eight teams in the world that that usually make the quarterfinals, um, aside from the teams that kind of go on a run and get kind of lucky and get the results to go their way, I, I think that the teams that have round of uh, or quarterfinal round talent are just flat out better across the board than us. Um, even with a talent like Balogun, we're still going to need um, we're still going to need help at center back. We're going to need players to emerge at that position. We need Chris Richards to grow into the player that we want him to be. We need a second option to emerge. I think left back is going to be an interesting position group moving forward. Um, Anthony Robinson is is uh, is very good at playing the transitional game, but how good is he as the, at the possession game? Is there another option that can emerge in that position? What's going to happen with Serginho Des moving forward? Um, that's a bit of a question mark. I think that his floor is, is going to be good enough for to, to be very good for the U.S. Men's National Team for a number of years, but is he ever going to get to um, – that level that we all hoped he could whenever he emerged on the scene. Um, and, and then across the board, the depth. Um, and it's, it's not just the depth. It's not just the floor. It's the ceiling as well. The ceiling needs to be raised. The floor needs to be raised as well. If the U.S. can um, actually consider their, their themselves like favorites for a quarterfinal run, um, that's really, really difficult. Those are, those are elite teams. Those are players. Um, those are teams with players that, play for elite clubs in the world, but not just that, are, are important for elite clubs in the world. They have genuine um, world-class players, genuine superstars, and then they're buoyed with a roster full of players playing at um, either elite clubs or top clubs or um, just top five clubs in general. Um, we don't have that type of roster makeup right now. We have a lot of young players who had enormous amounts of potential but have kind of come off a, a year where they've largely stagnated. And then our, our roster is buoyed by guys who uh, play in you know various clubs at, at various importance for uh, various quality of, of leagues across the world. It's just not good enough to be on that level. We have a long way to go. We need 11 more Fuller and Balaguns if we really want to um, consider ourselves to be at that level. However, let's not worry about that right now. Today is about celebrating. Today is about solidifying a position that has been a question mark for a number of years um, and, and about the excitement of things to come. We don't know how good flow is going to be for the U.S. men's national team, but it, at the moment, it feels like a huge, huge win in an otherwise really dismal season of, of, of Yanks abroad for the U.S. men's national team players. Um, I'm really excited to see what this guy can do. Let me know your thoughts on Faler and Balogun. How do you think he fits in the U.S. men's national team? Uh, wh who do you think is our top two strikers right now? But You know, Balogun plus, who do you think the other guy is? Is it Sargent? Is it Pepe? Is it somebody else? Uh, let me know. What do you think this does to the rest of the player pool? How do you think this affects the way that the U.S. is going to be able to play moving forward? And what do you think it does for our prospects in 2026? Uh, let me know in the comments section. Guys, thank you so much for watching. I know it's been a little while since I made a video. Uh, we got a lot of content coming in the summer with the Nations League and the U20 World Cup and just uh, Gold Cup, all the soccer that's going to be going down. So I'm excited to be able to uh, make a lot more videos uh, surrounding that content. Um, thank you guys so much for uh, reaching out with the messages and everything. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for liking. Thank you for subscribing. 
If you want the Yank Report podcast, you can find it anywhere podcasts are found. Thank you to my tier two members, Manuel Alivares, Matthew Doyle, Matthew Hanna, Michael Baker, Dan McVeigh, Mike Irish, Aaron M, Expats Everywhere, and Aaron Silva. Guys, thank you so much for watching. My name is Sam, and this is the Yank Report brought to you by Bet Online. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.